It's your week, your sports, the new Clarksville Now podcast. I'm John Glass, along with Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. It's your week, your sports. John Glass here, back at it. Another week in the studio, talking all things high school, Austin P and national sports. We got some very interesting topics to talk about today. We got Amari Berry. We've got some Austin P news. We've got conference realignment madness. It is going to be a very fun, opinionated show right here with my boys, Mr. Jeff Matthews and Christian Brown. How we doing, guys? Uh, you, 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 you want? Uh, oh, it's me. Good, uh, you, John. You got, good, John. You go, yeah, you, you go. all right. You doing good? So we got a lot of cool all stuff right, going yes, on. Okay. I had a fun. I had a pretty good week. Actually, good weekend. Yeah, yeah. I had a little asthma attack yesterday. Oh no, uh, as that's we record not good. On Tuesday, uh, which is fine. Asthma, asthma. Take- you know, out of everything. In the world to not be good at. I'm not good at breathing. Breathing. You have trouble fighting air. I don't know what. It's just the way it goes. Thanks <laughs> thanks to the Matthews clan somewhere in Scotland, I think. That's where it originates. Um, there's yeah, asthma of- originated in Scotland. Fact, fact check. <laughs> that's where asthma, that's where it got its origin. Right there in the asthma mountains of Scotland. Um, no, good weekend. Good weekend, yeah. Good weekend, good week so far. Got that weird rain this week as well. Something coming in tomorrow. But other than that, a lot of cool sports stuff going on. Austin P about to start settling in to some college realm because... Phase School's going to be starting up here soon. It's and then, phase what? Scotty, Scotty Walton's whole thing. It's phase... What is it? Phase three? Phase I think it's phase four? three, phase four. We're about to be into phase four. Yeah. Yeah. A commencing so, phase four. I'm so excited for Austin P. Football to be It's going to be fun. It's different this I actually year, think, I think I'll be able to go watch some games this year. Yeah? Which hasn't happened in a while. I'm seeing a playoff berth. Oh, I am too. Oh, beyond their horizon. Especially after last season. Yeah. Ooh. Touchy subject. How but, you doing, Christian? I'll tell you what. My week... I had to kind of stay on my toes because Amari Berry dropped the news on Saturday. That was at like what? It was 4 p.m. Because I 4 p.m. Yeah, because I was like, I caught it like an hour after, and then you had already, I think, seen it. Yeah. Well, thankfully, so a source earlier in that day around 11. Sources. Yeah. One source. Yeah. Texted me, and they were like, hey, this is happening today. And I was like, can you confirm the time? And they said four. I was like, okay. Well, I drafted up kind of a rough draft of what it would look like so I can plug in the numbers of where she was going, which, to be honest with you, it kind of threw me for a loop where she was going. I completely, my crystal ball guess was Tennessee, University of Tennessee. Well, and there was also, you know, we all had spoken to some people around the world, and we also thought that she was just going to be staying in the region at least, and kind of... Not South Carolina, closer, if I'm being honest. I mean, close. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina's not far away. Made sense. Family, family ties, right? A little bit of family ties right there. I, but I did expect her to stay kind of this uh, towards Memphis, this way towards Memphis. SEC, I think. I think that's my thing. Well, that's I expected yeah. SEC. Have we said it yet? She's going to Clemson. Yeah, by she's the way, going, uh, yeah. Big Amari, shout out to Amari Berry. Amari <laughs> Berry going to uh, Clemson, uh, and I think. Christian, I think you made this point. We were all we we're all in a text group, so we were texting on Saturday. I think you made this point. It was like this gives her an opportunity to be a face of a program, yeah. and probably why she chose Clemson over South Carolina. I think it probably came down to those two schools, if I had to guess, uh, with the family ties that she does have in South Carolina. Definitely. Uh, so, 
I think it was probably well. If I go to South Carolina, I'm definitely you know I'm going to be on a great program. I'm going to be uh, surrounded by great players. An incredible yep. coach. Yeah, incredible. Incredible coach, Amanda Butler. Yeah, but if I go to well, we're talking about South, South Carolina. Carolina. Oh, yeah. I thought we were talking about Clemson. No, 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 no. But getting to that, so like you know, she's at South Carolina, all star roster, like incredible, incredible coach, one of the best teams in college basketball, uh, women's college basketball right now. But if she goes to Clemson, uh, it gives her an opportunity to kind of craft a narrative and be a face for Clemson. You, could, you were kind of getting into that, that point. Yeah, Christian. definitely, definitely. And the thing about it is, too, they she's she could very well make history there because they don't have a lot of, you know, just historical reference here real quick. They have won three ACC championships all time, appeared in 33 NCAA tournament games. Only four sweet 16 appearances and nothing after that. Yeah, she's got a chance here to bring home a natty championship yeah. for the first time in this program. And I, I think we say that because once you get a top 10 recruit in mm-hmm. your program, you're making strides. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And there's a pipeline, all these exactly. AAU and. And who else, who else could join her? Yeah. You know, she's played alongside a lot of other top recruits. So anything could be in play here for the Clemson program now. And, you know, no matter what, the players returning. Added with Amari Berry, like they could make noise in themselves. Well, and you got to think too; these girls that she's probably played with at tournaments yeah. and showcases throughout this region, because it's the Florida, the Carolinas, the top the, ten the lists. South, yeah, top ten lists in the nation are pretty small comparative to how many players are out there. Trust me; these girls have seen each other play well, many a times and have probably played some pickup around. Yeah, them especially in, in this, some form of capacity. Well, yeah. Jeff, especially in this region, because like they're all in this same pipeline. They've yep. all been to the same showcases, the same tournaments. They're trying to get their names out there, and I guarantee you, there's some girls who were in their junior year of high school, maybe even their sophomore year of high school. That look up to Amari Berry or yeah. like, hey, I would like to play with her. And she's pretty awesome. Just to point this out too, she was only the fourth member of the top ten for the class of 2024 to right? commit. We have six other individuals. Who who is to say that Clemson's not on their radar now because of that signing? Right. Oh yeah, she could definitely start pulling some more players. And even if you're not even pulling top ten players, top fifty, top yeah, uh, yeah, put her at the top hundred. I mean, all of those names are decent ball players and can add value to your team. And now Clemson getting that top 10 signee out of Amari Berry, that opens a lot more doors. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's really going to be pretty interesting to see what she can do in South Carolina at Clemson. It's going to be a fun time. So, threw me I think it threw us all for a little loop. Definitely. And I'm so curious and I've reached out to CHS for possible interview with Amari Berry. Uh, I'm so curious on what other teams were really involved in their decision. I think ten, I mean we've said it before. Yeah, Tennessee, Tennessee had to have been on top of that list. I uh, if LSU, they were two, though, you know what I mean, right? Because it wasn't a hat show. It wasn't like you're no. typical sitting in a gym no. with like three or four I hats. On. I mean, literally Saturday at four in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had, Which had, I I love that. She had a pretty cool social and, media video. Yeah, and she's been so. I mean, she's been very hush hush about that, and I respect that, especially as a media member. You know, uh, she's just focused on her craft. She's really taken it all in stride, very humble. Uh, so, you know, I just appreciate being able to cover what she's able to do. So shout out to Mark Berry once again. Congratulations, representing Clarksville in a big way. Headed to Clemson. That is very exciting. Uh, we're going to move on to Austin P. The uh, baseball coaching staff getting a little reorganization. I think we, uh, we had posted that on our Facebook on 
I think it was Thursday or Friday. I think that, so. That came out. Yeah, this was later last week. Yeah. But yeah, the big things coming in. So Kyrus Kimball, he is now going to be the pitching coach. He was the hitting coach. Josh John Little is now going to be the primary hitting coach, and he was a volunteer assistant last year. So hey, big shout out to John Little getting that uh, position hey, here at Austin. Hey, get it, baby. And then uh, lastly, we got Heath Holiday now becoming the recruiting slash catching coordinator. Last season, he was a special assistant to uh, Roland Fanning, and he was the director of scouting and development. So a lot of little bit of moves moving for Austin P. Baseball. Now the cool thing is, is we talked a lot about how many signees that they had. I think right. we, last time we looked, it was at eleven. Um, a lot of those pitchers, and a lot of those also with bigger bats. So I'm really curious to see how this reorganization, getting some new eyes on different mechanics, different players. I think it's going to be uh, some interesting stuff for Austin P. Baseball. I think one of the most interesting moves from this is Kimball going from a hitting coach to a pitching coach because he can bring a whole other perspective yep. to those pitchers now, that entire pitching staff. So it's going to be interesting to see you know, what he's looking at and envisioning for this pitching rotation. And you know, Austin P. We're, we, we've never been scared to say it. Last season they had some pitching struggles, mm-hmm. right? Take a look at this though. John Little was a volunteer assistant last year, and I'm assuming just based on what we're seeing right here, he probably hung out a lot with Kyrus Kimball and he probably learned a lot from him. And that is probably why you're seeing this movement right here. Coach Roland Fanning probably wanted to get some new eyes for his pitching staff because his pitching staff is so new. Yeah. So now Kimball's going to have a chance to go in there, reorganize some things himself, be able to put some maybe some band-aids on situations, put some things where uh, Roland Fanning feels a little bit more comfortable on the mound. And then you have John Little, who, like I said, probably studied under Kimball the whole last season and now gets to come in and just step right into where he left off. Well, that could be one of the big driving forces, too. He could have been one of the key elements to that high-scoring Gubs offense last year. Um, yeah, so it just makes a lot of sense, you know, Getting the Govs to a point to where we can get the pitchers going yep. five, six innings. That's, that's the golden. And you know, this is something to think about, too. Is Heath Holiday re- related to Matt Holiday? Because Roland Fanning had connections with the Holiday family. I don't know. Fact check that. I don't, Oklahoma State. I don't, I don't know. Maybe like a cousin. I mean, I, it's not definitely think, not his son. No, no, no. 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 I, I could see something in the works there. Uh, that, that'd be really cool. And, you know. That holiday family are just kind of baseball. We're, we are speculating while I'm yeah, talking right now. Yeah, this is complete yeah. speculation. I'm John just, is literally Googling. Yeah, I'm just curious if if that is the case. Uh, you know, I think it's one of the coolest things that I'm Matt, sure. Matt Holiday, he was at the banquet last year. Yep. Yep. So, um, uh, it would not surprise me. Uh, if that mean yeah, cousin, maybe. I don't know. Keep, keep talking. All I'm, right, I was kind of hoping you would find it. But while he's while he's looking over there, that was all of Austin P's baseball moves. But one thing I did also want to bring up now: the next couple of weeks, we got some exciting stuff going on because Austin P football going to get back into the start of things. Their first game, September second, Southern Illinois, six p.m. Again, that's going to be in Illinois for that game. First home game for Austin P. That's actually going to be against ETSU September 16th. And in between those, Austin P. Going to take a look at SEC Powerhouse Tennessee September 9th. I'm excited for all of football season. I know uh, we kind of already mentioned it a little bit, but Scotty Walden getting that extension this past off season. And now he's going to be with the governors through 2029, I think is what his contract is to come. That's all about to say. Yeah. He's going to be here. Uh, The contract I think has him for a couple more years. And I think, um, man, they're all just getting out there, getting ready for it. And you know, again, I think we've talked about this before too. You know, these FBS schools will for sure see, what Scotty's built here. 
I'm sure they're going to have some interest in him moving forward into the years to come, especially, like I said, I expect big things from this team this year. I expect a playoff burst because they were right John's on. shaking his head no at us. Not, not, that I can, not that I can tell, but there's a lot of connections. Stillwater, Oklahoma, okay. Colorado Rock, like Kevin okay. Bacon. Kevin yeah. Bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, was, that was funny. I was proud of that one. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Hey. We appreciate that. But back, back to fo- back to football. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about how it's really cool that the football season is about to get started. Oh, back for up. sure. Next couple of weeks, we are going to be taking a look at kind of a more in depth <clears throat> of Austin P football as we are preparing for their first game coming up on uh, September second. They're yeah. going to have a really competitive game on the second. Well, and here's the here's the exciting stuff. There have been. I know you guys. We're, we're going to get talking about restructuring in a little bit. Oh yeah, we are. But Austin P also making very small moves to make their way into the um, FBS and out of the FCS, which can we'll you get, we'll imagine that? Because that would be insane. We'll get it. Like, let me let's be honest. Is there going to be a basic FBS anymore? We'll get into See, a little bit of that well, later. There's a, there's a lot of yeah. questions depending on how this whole ACC is, and Pac-12 all riled up. I'll tell you what. Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten, Big Two. We really don't know at this point. But before uh, that, yeah, before we get into that, let's. Th- I think Jeff has a lot to get off his. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. This. So we're gonna move, yeah. Let's move on to the national side where yep. uh, there was an incident in the broadcasting world. Uh, Orioles, what is it? Uh, NASM, I think was their TV affiliate that. I believe so. Yeah, yeah NASM or something like that. I'm blanking on that. One, uh, Kevin yeah. Brown suspended for um, pretty much nothing. It's important to note that is my dad's name and. We have no relation to this, Kevin Brown. <laughs> your dad, your dad did not get suspended. My dad, no. did in fact, not get did not get suspended. <laughs> His dad was not in the booth. <laughs> not for the in Baltimore the booth. <laughs> Jeff, uh, um, I'm gonna let you. You were very, very. Uh, up, I was very passionate about hot, this. One. You were very hot on this last night. Yep. Uh, as was a lot of the Twitter sphere. We're gonna, yeah, we're still be. calling it Twitter. We're not calling it X. I was about this. No. I literally said that the other day. I was like, I'm nobody's not, gonna refer to this thing as X. It's still Twitter. I've not heard one person refer to no. it. No, X. but it was all around the Twitter sphere. It was, and so, uh, so the, the the gist of the story goes: Kevin Brown, who is a young announcer, he's only he he might actually be our age. He's not very much older, but he was doing his open for the Baltimore Orioles, uh, going against Tampa Bay Rays. And in his open, he kind of mentioned, he didn't kind of, he had a graphic pulled up, and he mentioned how the Orioles did not have the best success in years past going up against the Rays. Now, why did he bring this up? Well, because they haven't, and they were playing the Rays. And on top of that, the Orioles were playing very, are playing very well this year. Yes. And in his open, he was directing the comments towards, wow, we didn't do great. But hey, we're making a turn, and now we're excited for this series. John, you have it. So the graphic, and this, I was telling Jeff, I was like, whoever made this graph, in my opinion, whoever made this graphic, really did not do him any favors in this scenario. Read it, read it line by so, line. So okay, the graphic is just a picture of the roof of the dome of uh, Tropicana Field. Uh, it has Orioles logo, and it says Tropical Tropical Depression. With a little <laughs> dash in between ICAL depression. <laughs> they could it have says, done without that part, yeah. Orioles at Tropicana Field, it says, and it's just like, it's a dog fest 
it's not great. It's no, these are really bad stats. Very bad facts. stats. But yeah, last, they're not. They're the, not wrong. The last sixteen. It says last sixteen series. Oh, 15 and one. Fifteen straight series losses. Last series win was June twenty third through the twenty fifth of twenty seventeen. This season, three wins in five games. Whereas last season, uh, the last three seasons, three total wins in twenty one games. Which is really where they quote in the article that they took exception to was that we. Hey, We've won more games in this last season than we have in the last three total seasons so, uh, combined, and that's where uh, I guess apparently the Angeli- Angelo family or whatever it is, yeah. they uh, they were like, "What are we doing? Yeah, we got to get rid of Kevin Brown. <laughs> yeah, it's Kev- all Kevin's fault. Kevin Kevin is the scapegoat for uh, this <laughs> this graphic. Hey, you know what? He'll never listen to it. But hey, round of applause for Kevin <laughs> Brown, baby. My man sitting up there in the booth doing all the announcers well, he proud. Did, but he did I was, radio. I was so mad about this. He did, I, he did radio the oh, next yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, he does. He did radio. He is a he is such a good announcer. Like I've heard him call a few games. And but that's what everybody pointed out too. He's a he's young and he's good. Very young yeah. guy, top notch announcer, yes. class act. Yes, and this was and the best thing was is the Orioles getting completely roasted on Twitter space. Well, did we tell for our hours now what happened after they brought up the. So, okay, so he did bring up the stat line. He brought up the whole graphic. He spoke on it. He sp- spoke about their unsuccess uh, this past few years. While mentioning turning the corner. While mentioning turning that corner. And, well, the Orioles just up and suspended him for four games, I think, or yes. something like that. And that's why everybody has a huge and They put a number on it? Cause I, the, I don't know if they put a number on it. I thought it was, like, indefinite. Or yeah, not I think indefinite. I'm of something else. They didn't say indefinite. Games. They just said he was suspended. Correct. From they what just I saw. said he was suspended, so not fired. So the homeboy can't even go online and roast them <laughs> because he still has a job from them. Well, he'll get fired otherwise. So I'll do you one favor here, Kevin Brown. Uh, the Orioles are probably one of the worst organizations with the smallest minds that I have ever heard in my life. Based off their actions? Uh, one of the coolest fields, though. Yeah. Oh, great camp. Camp yeah. Yards is... But, well, the, you know, front office ain't touching that grass. Um, I think the point, one point to make is they literally have... The team they have now because of how they developed their farm system from being... Awful. Yeah. They have been one of the worst teams in all of baseball. With for, two really good, yes. Trey Mancini. And you would think they would own it. You yeah. would think they'd be like, yeah, we weren't good, but now like, look at us. Take accountability. Like, we built up our farm system because we had some bad years, of course. That's how we got one of the best prospects of this generation in Jackson Holiday. But no, they took offense to him calling out. Like how bad they have been, and, and I and with great, it professionally. And I, can't, I can't stop harping on it with great hitters over the years. Like yeah. they've had some great hitters over the years. My Chris, thing Chris is, Davis, when yeah, he was Chris, relevant. That was that's when he was <laughs> when he was relevant. When he was relevant, they he, could do nothing. That's the that made so many Orioles fans frustrated. Manny too. Machado's golden years, yeah. That's Man, Manny you, keep, you can list these off forever, and like the last and all, all those years, years ruined because of this. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a little dramatic, but, but I'm just saying it is so disrespectful for somebody to go out there. One, he made the broadcast better. That's what you're supposed to do as an announcer. You entertain, right? 
You give deeper inside look into the storyline of the game. The rivalry. The rivalry. You are looking to find the story. Why do I want to watch a game on a Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Right? Why do I want to be there? Make the story. My man Kevin found the story. That whole production team found the story because somebody had to give the... Somebody had to make the graphic, and I don't think it was Kevin Brown himself. I think it was probably somebody on the production side. The title could have been better, but... I'm not even worried about that. Information, whether, the information was perfect. Whether the information was it's in not, the yeah. media packet or not, I guarantee you Kevin Brown knew about that information because he's a good announcer and he would have found it on his own. Yes. And, he's, and I still say he should have said it so on, no there, one, on no, air. No one is... I, I think we can all collectively agree that nobody, especially the fine people of the Twitter.com... Yeah, are no, everybody not, agrees, but I'm yeah, just still fired up at every, the freaking Orioles, every, Orioles organization, man. Everybody agrees that like he did nothing wrong. Like Him personally did nothing wrong. No. So I think we're... You could even try to be like, what are they mad about? Are they mad about the stat in general and it being brought to light, period? Or are they mad about how it was portrayed with the graphic, with that? Because if they came out and at least explained, you're like, to hey. Me, to me, in the sports world, they don't get to be mad at that. Nope. Well, they, they, they don't. They pay I don't, billions of dollars, I think, that I don't they care. have some about, say, right? What about when the production teams point out? It's a, it's a weak move. Like, we how many say it's a weak quarterbacks move, it's the Browns have They also pay the millions of dollars for them to have those three losing so, seasons. So, so who, I mean, wait, like... So who's... who's Whose decision was this? Was that it was that front, NASM front or office. it had to be GM? I'm assuming. No, or? I think it, it could have very been well been the network because like the network employs him, right? No, pretty sure, right? I don't think so because it's an it was an Orioles it was the Orioles team broadcast. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see. Uh, it could have been where you know the Orioles reached out to the network and asked for him. him. Him to be suspended, and then I really do think in that situation it's the Orioles. Yeah. It's not the production team because I'm pretty sure. The Orioles would hire them, and then... And why would the production yeah. team be mad about that, you know? They wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, the information... Yeah, it was the Orioles. It was the Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the Orioles In were the mad situ- that they, the, the, the information, they sucked the last couple of years. Yep. Yeah. The whole thing can only be fixed with the Orioles putting out a statement going like, you know what, we're right. You guys were right. We're sorry. We shouldn't even have said anything. Back pay plus, yeah. plus a bonus. You know? Take the tail, tuck it underneath your legs... And give my man Kevin back his seat in the booth. Yeah. They won't. No, of course, because it's already it's gone been, for, what, three days now? It's and multi-millionaires multi and billionaires. Speaking of which, play the Mega Millions tonight, right? It's ah, 1. I didn't 5 even buy a ticket. I might go grab one. Um, no, it's, it's these guys sitting up in the front office, uh, some of which have a heart and, like, conscience about them or a normal so, thing about them. But a lot of them have an ego the size of uh, uh, the Goodyear when I first, yeah. when I first just, saw this, <laughs> When I first saw this, it was very much, wow, this is terrible. Because, like, I, obviously, I'm an announcer, so I'm like, if I had said something similar and I had gotten suspended, I would not be happy. Yeah. I mean, Bob Uecker never got fired in Major Leagues. Right? Right? But <laughs> they sucked. <laughs> when I realized that, well, when I realized that I, he really didn't do anything horrible, like, wrong, and this was a really bad mistake by the Oriole organization, Orioles organization, was when Scott Van Pelt started posting about it. And my boy Van Pelt. SVP? Yeah. He, one of uh, the realest. One of the realest sports journalists out there. Oh, gee. Oh, wee. Woo. He came out and he went on to Twitter and he he tweeted out that uh, he even called it unbelievable. He was yeah. like, if this is if this is truly what happened and he read facts and he was like, yeah, this, this is unbelievable that they would suspend him. You know what I would do if I was Kevin? I Dude. would bust in that front office with the... With a gold chain on, some Jordans. And I'm like, hey, just hey. so you know, I've got America behind me. Yo. I quit. 
And let's be honest, he would. The jobs would come. Oh, in. dude, this they dude would, would have a job tomorrow. Yeah. like it wouldn't like, even be an issue. I bet you he's already gotten offers. Probably. Oh no, no, no! You have Yankees broadcasters, and then, dude. So Gary Cohen on the uh, was talking about. I think he's a Mets announcer. He's either a Mets announcer or uh, yeah. Cohen. Yeah, yeah, I think he's Mets. He's a Mets announcer. He was. Um, he said this on air during the Cubs Mets game last night. He said, "Let me just say one thing to the Baltimore Orioles management: You draped yourself in humiliation when you oh, fired yeah. John Miller, and you're doing it again. And if you don't want Kevin Brown, there are 29 other teams that who do. Yep. And that was like, and that's what he I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, on air. What, he that's said what that was, last. That's what, what I'm I was saying. saying. And I'm sure these other Jinx. teams are like, get them, get up, because like they've done this before. Like this yes. is not something that that yeah. family, from what I've understood, from like." People on Twitter who are like, yeah, the Angelo family or whatever is just like, we, nobody likes them. It's, Do they own most of Maryland? Is that what it is? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Again, <laughs> oh wow. Uh, um, but well, no, just to kind of wrap that up, yeah. or if you, no, go ahead, you go, because no, we were about ahead. to have something. I was just going to say, it's horrible that that's what they decided to do in the situation, and I am very happy that most, or all, of the people who know about the situation are in complete shock of how the Orioles handled it. Yeah. But it's also a good thing because if the reaction was not the way it is or was, we would be very, it would be kind of a little scary because then you would have announcers who would just not be be talking about facts or anything like that. They would just be telling you all the good things and nice things about your team instead of like, being like, hey, no, we haven't played well in well, three years. Well, that's kind of what Dan Patrick was getting at today. Today, he came on and said, he's like, like literally like 10 minutes ago, uh, he was like, you have to be th- so thin-skinned as an owner where you're going to, where you're going, wait, he's saying we used to be bad? Well, yeah, you were. That should make it even more special what you're doing this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, because you did it through the draft. Yeah. They didn't go out and purchase Big, huge names. No. Like, they built a program. So what do you think they do? Like, at this point, what do you think they do? Because if I'm Kevin Brown, like, I'm looking at my contract and seeing, like, when does that expire? Oh, homeboys wait get... until the end date on that. And then or when do I... Or, and or, or, and can I or can someone buy me out of that contract? Or, like, is there a no-compete clause? Or, like, what? There or might be a, or can I on... hire a lawyer and be like, hey, this is like... So the problem is, is there might be a no-comp clause with the uh, production company. League. Not he necessarily could, the Orioles. You could try to go to the MLB... Maybe, yeah. Well, you know, and try to get a deal worked out where you can I just, feel like or if someone can buy that, can be voided yeah. completely. I hear Bally Sports needs a lot of help. Uh, they didn't, weren't they supposed to be going bankrupt or something? Uh, I did hear that. I don't know. They just hired Chip Carey for the Cardinals, man. They hired well, him at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but I mean, like, other than that, Bally Sports, I heard, is almost going under. Real quick, I want to make this <laughs> Fox Sports South. Let's just let's call it. You know yeah. it's bad when Mets announcers are coming at you. Yeah, really. <laughs> hey, we know a thing or two about being bad. <laughs> we're good at it. We just <laughs> traded Scherzer. We, Let me tell you about Verlander. spending some money. All right? We, we're we spend trade it and then we Alonso. burn it. Light it on fire. Steve Cohen's just like Did you see that? Amateurs. They're going to trade possibly uh, Pete Alonso this offseason? They I, should. I mean, like, if I heard a rumor he about might it. as well. He's being, he's getting Mike Trouted there. We're not going to, let's well, not go off on a huge tangent. Uh, uh, I wouldn't call him Mike Trout. I'm yeah. not saying he's, I'm not saying he is Mike Trout level, okay. but I'm saying no. he's getting Mike Trouted by sh- being gotcha. shrouded by the terribleness of the not Mets. yet. I think, I think I need one more year of them tanking him. And then I would say, yeah, Which, but before we move on to the angels have been and six since the trade deadline. And then I saw we, that after I hyped him up. So with Shohei 
I, his stat line didn't look great the other night. Well, you say that, dude. He's he could get the triple crown this year. Yeah, yeah. He's he is first. Up for that. He's That'd third in batting average, first in home runs, second in RBIs. Is that it? Here's yeah. the thing, though. Matt Olson, right behind him, though, in home runs. Like last I looked, Matt Olson had 39. I think Shohei had 41. Yeah, I think it was like it's pretty close. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr., who might throw a mix into that. Oh, my gosh. This guy and his Braves. Yeah. Okay, it's hard for me not to talk about <laughs> okay, it when we're at the top yeah, of those categories. It's actually what? crazy because Matt Olson and Acuna are rated as the top five contenders for the yeah. NL uh, MVP. The Mets stink, I think is what we're all yeah. we're all thinking. That's something right? we can all agree it's weird. on. We're back on the Mets? Yeah, Mets no. suck? So we're, no, Mets we're, suck? We're, let's just reel it back in. Kevin Brown... Not big shout out, Kevin yeah, Brown. Big shout out to Kevin Brown. You it's legend. not your fault, dude. Walk in that office me. with a gold chain and Jordans. <laughs> Call it a day. Shoot me your Venmo. Hire, I got you a beer hire, next week. Hire a lawyer and then get out of the contract. Hey, but you know, he if it if they end up firing him, he would. I think he would actually have a strong. They're case not going fi- to. They're not going to. They're not going to fire him. But they're going to. Oh, just they can't spend. now. It's too big. But no, if I was him, I would want to get out of Baltimore. Yeah, of course. But well, I guess mm-hmm. you could see an owner like that doubling down on their take. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, an owner. All right. <laughs> No, no, they oh, don't. No, I just don't like this guy. No, none of, none of them like to be wrong. They care yeah. about money and being right. Speaking of not being wrong, uh, Jerry Jones doubling down on not paying uh, Zach Martin. Jerry likes yeah. to spend money. I don't know what his problem is right that now. That was the. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> somebody quoted Jerry today, I think, and Jerry was like, "I don't know. You just kind of act like he's gotten injured and you move on." I mean, we're <laughs> talking like, about. You know, oh, I mean, we're talking about. He kind of alluded to it. That's a paraphrase because he was like, "It's." He was kind of comparing it to like, he's not here, so you act like he's injured okay, and that. you move forward. That's a terrible way to put it. It but. was a horrible way to put it, but <laughs> I laughed. Um, yeah. I think it's time, Jerry. Uh, I don't know. It's with these uh, sells the team. I, yeah, I don't know. It's with these old owners. I mean, you got oh, he won't sell the team. I know, Stephen. I think these older the, Jerry won't spend money. Jim Irsay spending twenty million dollars to move a whale. <laughs> Shout out to Jim Irsay. That's no. the most random thing somebody can do. I despise that. But won't man pay. Sometimes. But won't pay Jonathan Taylor. And he, he, did he trade him or did he cut no, him? No, just, I think There's, they're still. Trying oh no, to, yeah, he's still figuring it out. He refuses to trade him or pay him. Yeah, <laughs> but he'll pay twenty million. I think he did that on purpose. I, I think he did too. <laughs> he's just like, hey, Jonathan, what if that, letter, that salary you wanted plus four million dollars? What if that more was a letter to his on a locker? whale? Like, hey, man. I'm not gonna even. I'm not even gonna write it off on my taxes this year. This is <laughs> this is one hundred percent philanthropy, right? <laughs> Oh, oh anyway, gosh. Jim Irsay, the um, dude's going yeah. to a freaking psych ward at some point. Un- yep. Unnecessary uh, suspension for Brown. I think he'll be back. Hopefully, he has no hard feelings. Hopefully I guess tomorrow. Yeah, well, that should be the case. He should be back tonight. I bet you. I wouldn't be surprised if he is, and it's very quietly never spoken of again. Probably. Like, right. like I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, yeah. Kevin probably lost so much respect <clears throat> to them. That's all I got for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to move on into the world of conference realignment. And this is John's rant now. Yes. So Sit back, Jeff got so that off his plate. So it's we John's had, I, don't even, I don't even know if it's a rant so <laughs> much. Cut my mic. I don't, I don't even know if it's a rant so much. John, you've been talking about this no, 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 since no. our right it's after our last, last recording. Night, last night I texted <laughs> no. them and I said, hey, I really want to talk about this Kevin Brown situation. The very next was like, text, w- did you guys hear about the ACC? <laughs> So this is probably one of the biggest sports stories in like the last five to ten years. I, think. I would say out of the this entire college football, actually in the existence well, of the NCAA. 
One of them. If we're looking at the whole entire sports world of news, like this story, and on top of that, um, the PGA moving into live. Yeah, that's that, those huge. are I think the two. This Monumental. is the two ginormous sports stories. I think this of is the last ten years. Well, I think yeah. this I think you're right, John, because you're, when you look at it, we're seeing a hundred year old conference. Well, it's not just that. It's the landscape of college football. I, I, I get that, but uh, the Pac-12. Has been a crucial part of the Power Five conferences. So yeah, the Pac-12 they've been there since 1912 Golly, at the wow. uh, I think in Eugene, Oregon, in the Hilton uh, Hotel. You know what else happened in 1912? The or, Titanic. Like when did the <laughs> like you <laughs> really? know it's like right after yeah. the Oregon. Right, <laughs> Jeez, how'd you know that? I, I respect like, that. I like you the like history, history channel. Like yeah, right, right after the Titanic sank, and then they got done with the uh, the uh, <laughs> the Oregon Trail. They met up in a hotel in Eugene, Oregon. They were like, "Let's build a college." <laughs> no, no, it's no. Not. Let's build I know a college it just sank, conference, <laughs> but we're gonna build a college. We're gonna build a college conference for football. So yeah, no, it's uh, Pac-12 used to be the Pac-10 a couple of years ago. It was the Pac-8 at some point. Uh, was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, multiple different changes. I assume ten and twelve. Yeah, ten and twelve, and it was the Pac eight at one point. That doesn't sound um, good. So, How long ago was it the Pac eight? Do you know? This was probably in like the early two thousands. Oh. No way. I, was I, say, I don't know be if that's before that. Maybe maybe like nineteen. It wasn't the Pac ten for the longest time. I don't think. Hmm. But anyway, <clears throat> um, interesting. So this all kind of started with last year USC and UCLA. Pretty much, uh, they they were like, yeah, we're done. We're going to the Big Ten. Uh, and then that started, I guess, in this round of you, you could say like Oklahoma and Texas kind of kicked off a lot of that, uh, which it kind of did. You mean which, them moving to the SEC? Yeah, which if you really want to go further back, you can say uh, Missouri back? and Texas A and M kind of really kicked all this off. Yeah, but not to not to this extent. Level, but Texas, yeah. Oklahoma, two big names, and then USC. Which I was never a fan of that. Yeah, and then USC and UCLA. Uh, they're headed. They were headed to the Big Ten next year. Then, probably about two weeks ago, uh, Colorado, Mr. Dion, Primetime Sanders, uh, he is headed to uh, the Big Twelve. I almost wanted to give him a shout out, but then I was like, "Shout out, Dion!" Yeah, Dion's. I don't really have one right now for him. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe next time, Dion. Uh, but Dion Sanders uh, and Colorado Buffs are going to the Big Twelve. That was a big story, probably two or three weeks ago, uh, and then. All hell broke loose, and this all just went to cahoots. Do you think? Do you think most of these people knew about the ACC and the Pac-12 situation? But then Dion was just like, "I'm gonna throw a wrench in the whole thing." No, they, and, I mean, like I really feel like that's what Colorado, it sounds like. Colorado oh. used to be in the Big Twelve. This is probably them going back. This is probably where they should be. Yeah, if we're being perfectly honest, um, they're not a Pacific yeah, Coast team. It's uh, see, that's the hard part is because we can say things like "should be" and we're basing that off of competitiveness. And location, but like, eh, oh, location's out the window at this point. Yeah, well, I, that's I what I'm saying. Now. Like now yeah. it is because now you have some of these athletes having to travel over nearly four thousand yeah. thousand miles away. I don't know. It, um, kind of lost my point on that one. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> Sorry. So, but any, but anyway, Colorado going to Colorado going to the Big Twelve, and then everything started going to chaos. Yeah, uh, because the Big Ten, you had Arizona starting to be like, okay, we want out. Arizona State, Utah, okay, we went out. Uh, then Oregon and Washington was like, okay, we went out. So here's how it went down. So we had Colorado go into the Big 12, and then we move on to Oregon. Oregon and Washington to the Big 10. 
uh, that was getting talked about after you had Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all talking about moving to the Big 12. So everything like went to chaos in a week and a half. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are officially going to the Big 12. And then right after that, Oregon and Washington to the Big 10 confirmed. All of these next year, too. This isn't like a 2025, 2026 thing. They are all going to these conferences next year. So you're going to have a pretty good basketball conference in the Big 12. I, I despise how this has played out. And well, here's, I'm, I'm going to lay that out there now. Here's my issue. They chose a heck of a time to do this yes. a year before they go ahead and move the playoffs to a eight team playoff 12 are they doing 12 i thought they, i thought they finalized no 12 eight. 12 team playoff all and that's the big point Jeff. yeah like and that's conference like, bids this is gonna go insane yep. and then i go back and then like i said i do kind of feel bad for some of these athletes who chose to play at some of these schools yeah. uh, because their parents are close or they have family that's close the time commitment now traveling oh, alone you are now making like let's be honest here there's d1 schools and then there's d1 sec right yeah. there's a difference right some of these schools they're not they don't want to be the sec tennessee like i think they think it'd be really cool i think they would love it they'd have a great time but they that's not 100 percent why they're there yeah but it's so unfair to those smaller schools now yeah. too because of how much these other conferences are growing and you know from a competitive standpoint real quick too uh the big 12 is kind of just open for anybody's taking now tcu colorado uh then also utah are my top three favorites in that conference then I think Oregon may come into the Big Ten and dominate. I think Oregon might do some serious damage in the Big Ten. So, so yeah, all this went down, and then you have you have the Big Twelve with those new schools: Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Right. Oregon, Washington, moving over there. You have four teams left in the Pac-12 currently, right now, which is uh, Wazoo, Oregon. Was- just clarify Washington State for thank you, uh, Washington State. Everybody or, knows what he's talking about. Oregon, <laughs> Cal Berkeley, Cal Bears, home of Aaron Rodgers. California Cal- University. Caliber? Yeah. Are you doing short-term why, why, name? Caliber. Why are we making this difficult? And then Stanford. <laughs> so here's the here's the deal. You Stan. Got, <laughs> whatever. So here's the deal. You've got Cal and Oregon State who are founding members of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a sad thing for them that they're just kind of without a home. Um, it's kind of something we saw with the OVC. It's very interesting because right now... And the now, OVC joined forces with another conference, and they basically did interconference play. Because right now you have... they kind of handle it. Well, right now, the Pac-12 only has their those four teams. The Big Ten, with the additions that they have, are going to have 18 teams. The Big 12 are going to have 16 teams. Uh, and then the SEC, once Oklahoma and Texas get there, have, are going to have 16 teams as well. Um now, here's where it gets even more interesting, too. Florida State and Clemson. Yeah. Florida State and Clemson. And you, could even, so. you can even make the argument for, if they leave, North Carolina, Miami, uh, and some other teams. The ACC is on a rough axle, and that's what we're about to get into, why all of this is happening. It's all about money. Like normal, 100%. Yeah, like normal things, it is all about money, specifically TV deal rights. So yeah. the SEC has a deal with Disney uh, for their TV deal rights, Disney, ESPN. Uh, so they get paid through them. Mm-hmm. ACC actually does too. They are paid through Disney. Uh, the Big Ten through ABC uh, and, or CBS, one of the two. Uh, and then the other teams are not – so like the Pac-12, this is where they kind of screwed up. They could not get a contract together 
for the Pac-12. So what they were planning on doing was with Apple TV Plus putting behind a paywall the Pac-12, trying to kind of run off of what Messi's doing with Apple TV and the MLS, mm-hmm. but it's not going to work. So they were offering, I think, up to about $32 million for each team in the Pac-12. To put that into perspective, Disney is paying the SEC, uh, I think right now for this past year, they made $55 million a year. The SEC is going to get $300 million annually annually to split among their teams. So each team is going to make about $70 million a year in the SEC, which is the top paid conference through Disney. uh, And that contract is through 3034, or not 3034, 2034. If they had a 1,000-year contract, that would be incredible. (laughs) Uh, The Big Ten, they're making about $55 to $60 million a year through their their partners with ABC. (laughs) (laughs) sorry i had to just kind of i just don't like the big 10 you don't like the big 10 i think they're so i don't know i think this is really starting to get into an argument where i could be like you know we should take a step back from putting money into college sports well hold on jeff as in like maybe we shouldn't be playing payers Maybe this money has. Hold on, hold on, we'll get into but that. Do too. you see the door that is possibly open? Um, yeah. Because I like think about it. The more and more money is being funneled into these programs, which is great, which is great. We also start losing sight of a lot of other things, yeah. like as far as I don't know whole conferences. Nobody knows what this is going to look like. Nobody knows how this is going to act. I'm saying money is driving all Everything. of these problems. So yeah. So let me let me as you said to start things off, John. Yeah, so let me finish with um, what they're getting paid. So the SEC was getting $70 million a year. The Big Ten was getting paid 55 to $60 million a year. Where the conflict gets to is uh, the ACC. The ACC is only making $23 million a year per team. Oh, my gosh. And that's all split equally between uh, each team. They're all getting $23.3 million. And that contract is running through 2036. Is this just for football? That's just uh, – that's. No, that's for their. I believe that pretty well, much that money will be spread out between all of their whole. But it's it's basically department. for football. Like, let's just be honest. It's basically for okay. football. So twenty three twenty three point three million dollars. Well, that contract is going through twenty thirty six. A few million might be so. Football. Where this comes into place is, and it do, uh, it does go to all their other ones too. Mm-hmm. But where this comes into place is. You have Florida State's uh, trustees coming on camera and being like, yeah, we got to find a way out. It's not a matter of if we are going to get out of it, it's when. And they they publicly came out and said this. It's because we are $30 million behind the eight ball to the teams like the SEC right now, currently with their $55 million deal. And they're going to get up to $70 million at a later time. So we're $30 million behind the eight ball. I so, don't think it's fair to be able to facility. compare yourself. Well, here's the thing: they to have to. SEC. And I think that's kind of where I'm at. It's yeah. facilities. Like, guess what? You you're not the SEC. Yeah. It's being able to keep up with facilities. It's being able to keep up with facilities. Keep getting people there. Keep doing stuff like all the that's, stuff that they're trying that's to do. Fine and all, but that's their argument. That's I know, what I'm saying. but here's the point: like, you don't have to just. Oh well, we need the this top notch thing in our facility now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they do that. Why don't you? Like, that's where a lot of this money goes. No, I, I get that. And is that is that where p- players are getting paid now? No, no. So payers getting paid. paid or is, through, are you talking about scholarships? That's through the scholarship. Take the scholarships out of it. Take all that out of it. This is strictly going to be to fund their athletic programs like basketball, you said, softball. Uh, you said recruiting. Yeah, but it all plays into recruiting when you can build better facilities. When you can build. Uh, 
You can even pay a coaches rock wall, to you know, do you a lot of things too. It all ties Olympic into the size swimming pool. But the thing is too heated car seats. To kind of contradict your point, like look at Northwestern. They have one of the best facilities in the country. But they're all funded they're funded by a lot more private donors too. And like that, it's that. all a revenue share thing at the end of the day. And these conferences need the money or they say they need the money to fund these programs and to do this. Because they're state run a lot of these are state run institutions. The way the way their money gets delegated around is very tight knit too. But the problem is is they're thirty million dollars beyond the eight ball for the SEC or the Big Ten. The Pac twelve was way behind because they were on a streaming deal where they would get like 20 something million and then they could get up to 32 million depending on subscriptions. So they were all like, Oh, we're not doing this. We're not getting involved in this. Like we need to get out because our universities like times it can be tough. Like we need to make more money and it's all driven by that. Like how much money can we get? How much more money can we get for this and that? Oh, at the expense of athletes. Yep. Correct. Now that's all I really wanted to say on that one. There's an argue. There is an argument that the revenue share honestly should be shared with the athletes. You're making multi-million dollars a year. You're well, they should. If you have a billion-dollar yeah. endowment. I think if we're going to approve NIL, yeah, I think you. I think that's a part of a conversation now. So, yeah. so the money, the money thing is that's where the issue is. We're breaking it down little by little. The money issue is where the problem is. I'm a firm believer that money is like the root of some serious evil. If you let it, definitely. And I really think that we're seeing money cause some evil issues in sports. And that's what I was about to point out too. You know, like these universities are just asking for more and more and more. When does it stop? When yeah. do you, you It's the status quo. Well, it's the status quo. It's, I know. I, you know, I made the joke about, you know, the rock wall and the pool and all that stuff about spending the money on that stuff. But I mean, that literally is sometimes what these universities yeah. are doing. They're purchasing things they don't things need. Things they don't need. Well, it's being able to pay your coaches too. And it's being able to. And unfortunately, I also live in the world where I don't think a college football coach should be making 22 something million dollars. Yeah. Who makes twenty two million a year? I don't know. I think Nick Saban's getting close right there. He's like, I'm just he's like, eight, he's like we can call nine. it a he's hyperbole if you will. But, but I'm just saying, yeah, there's so much money that's moving in. Like, in it, it, it's not college sports necessarily like their fault. It's to be honest with you, it's a deeper conversation of like the society we live in. Yeah. Of we always are wanting to spend more money. We're always wanting to make more money, and we're always wanting the next big thing. And I think we're just now seeing it transfer. In a what could be a devastating way for some of these conferences as it's getting into college football. So that's where we can get it. That's where we can get into the argument of like how this is going to look and what the issues that are going to be following is. So with the Big Ten, with the Big Ten having 18 teams, with the SEC having 16 teams, this isn't stopping just yet because now you have Florida State and Clemson. Uh, They're probably going to be the next two teams to jump ship, just a matter of when. It depends on, I think, if Cal and Stanford join the ACC. Yeah. So, which when, you know, since you know, the well, that's, ACC yeah, that's the other thing they're too. They're on completely different sides of the state. Well, that's yeah, that's two things States. too. Those are conversations that are be had, being had today. Is apparently Cal, <laughs> yeah, Stanford, Stanford and Cal <laughs> wanting to join the ACC, which you might as well call it the All Coastal Conference at this point. But what I'm getting at is. At what point do these conferences? Because some of these conferences are going to have to die. Apparently, uh, when do, at this point, when do you get to? How many players are, or how many teams are you going to have to where you're going to have to have playing games, or you're going to have to have committees just to get to a conference championship game in football? Because 
what is it, 20 games? Because the way the SEC is going next year, it's going to be pods. It's not going to be an East and a West conference and division. So not all these teams are going to play each other every year. So you could have a team that's undefeated, and you could also have a team that's 10 and 2, and then you could have another team that's 10 and 2, and then maybe three teams that are 10 and 2. So how do you decide? Strength of schedule? And then if we're deciding by strength of schedule, then one team's going to be pissed because they didn't make the SEC championship and lost out on their chance to maybe go to the playoff because, oh, their strength of schedule. So it's like, oh, well, we're going to not play smaller schools, or we're going to have to play more conference games which is one thing that the SEC did want to do, but ESPN didn't want to pay for the extra game to go on TV. So at some point, you're going to have teams playing 10 conference games on three conferences, Big 12, Big 10, and the SEC. And it's going to get to the point to where, okay, well, we might as well turn this into an NFL league and then have wild cards and have all this because it's just not going to work. You can't have... Because you can't have... An extra on an extra game. If you're going to have a 12-team playoff, you can't have a play-in game to a conference championship. And at that point, what do you even have the conference championship for? Let's just have the top 12 teams. Because the like we were talking about earlier, Christian, the NCAA is going to have to now revisit their stance on the criteria for getting into the 12-team college football playoff. Because... There was an automatic bid for all Power 5 schools, including the Pac-12. You have four teams in the Pac-12 now. What, are the, is the Mountain West just going to team up with them and then maybe a Boise State? No offense to Boise State. They get in, or a Utah State, They get the Aggies get into the college football playoff San just because Di- they San Diego State. San Diego State, yep. just be, the Aztecs, maybe they get into the college football playoff just because they won the Pac-12, which is now really a mid-major. No offense to Cal, Stanford, Wazoo, wow. or... It's not like those teams did enough no, but, to make it seem like. But that's what I'm saying. Now conference. you've created it a whole other problem. We have a 12 team playoff starting next year, and now you're going to have to switch the entire rule. So what is it? Only the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 that are getting automatic bids? Well, how is that fair to the four remaining teams that are in the back 12? And well, does fair even matter anymore? Is what I'm saying. No. This this fairness bringing fairness into the conversation alone. That's what they're fighting for, almost. If these other huge conferences are just playing conference games, how are the little brothers, the little universities? Well, that's what we were getting to. As yeah, well. how are they even supposed to even have a chance of getting to the playoffs if they can't even get a win against a top university? T- take some, take some of the smaller teams like UTSA and some of the like schools. UTSA let's, is, two, let's take Tulane from last year. Sure, Tulane like that. Beat USC. That is going to be a hard. They'll, they'll still some of those will still get to play. But what about the playoffs? Next year, you what know about what the, I mean? a- the AAC? Like you have teams like Memphis or yeah. UCF. I mean, like let's be honest, UCF no. was probably never going to get into no. the playoff period, but. even with their national championship win in what 20, 2018? Uh, Do we want to talk about Blake Bortles? No, no I, no, I despise no. Blake Bortles. But, <laughs> no, no, no. but I'm out. You're you're getting to the point to where, and then we can tie this back into Austin P too, because at some point yeah. when these conferences get so big, the SEC is fine where they're at right now at sixteen. But at some point where these conferences get so big, if it's moving in the direction where we are, if we're only going to have three conferences, I mean, they're not just North Carolina and uh, Clemson and Florida State and Miami and uh, NC State. They're just not going to disappear from the college football world. They're going to have to join something else. The Wake Forest, Whether we have a Big East situation where (gasps) the... Yeah, yeah. I think that's the most comparable thing. Mm -hmm. Where you have a Big East situation where like basketball exists, but that doesn't... And well, you look at it too. The Big East went through a lot of transition UCon- years ago. 
Yeah. UConn's not very relevant in football, but no, but they were in basketball, yeah. but they needed to make They're money in football too. Relevant in basketball. But what, <laughs> a I'm, bit. what, I'm, bit. what I'm saying is, and how we relate this back to our governors here at Austin P is if it gets to a point where it's so big or you do get to an NFL model where you have to, okay, you have a AFC, NFC, and then we have regions where it's all regionally based and you play in your region. That Austin Peay's not going to be playing these big teams anymore. There's not going to be any more upset games where a mid-major or an FCS team maybe upsets an FBS team. And that's the and point they're I was not trying get, to make. Yeah, and then they're not going to get paid either. Austin P. When Austin P goes to play teams like Tennessee that they will play on the second week of the college football season, they'll, they're going to get a big check stroke to them uh, by the University of Tennessee. Plus, uh, from a competitive standpoint, correct. it's great for the program. Absolutely. And if you get to a point to where Austin P doesn't have that ability, that's a big hit to their athletic department. You could see, not necessarily Austin P, but you could see athletic departments crumble in general. So... This is, it is going to be interesting. We can touch back on this a little bit later, but it's it's going to be interesting to see where this goes because it seems like we're turning into, it seems like we're turning into a professional league. And look, I'm on the stance of player, the payers, uh, the, 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 the players should be getting played, paid. Not paid. Come on now. They're getting played. My tongue is tied. They're getting played. Yeah, they are. Don't they are getting played uh, right now. Uh, but the, play, the players should be getting paid. And that's where the NIL comes in right now, which is the wild, wild west. But you wouldn't have had this problem with NIL, too, if we even want to jump on that tangent. You wouldn't have this problem with the NIL being the wild, wild west if you would have just uh, shared revenue with them. And you didn't have to share a ton of revenue. Well, they get a they get an education and a degree. They're employees. You they make you billions of dollars a year. Yeah, but I mean, they still do get an education. And, that, and like I, you float float them don't, float them two hundred thousand dollars. I'm not saying that's not great and that's not worth something too. But they all I'm saying you is, have one player that can make you a million and a half, two million dollars over both the year. No, I'm a huge sports fan, but I will be the one to say it. That degree that I have sitting in my office will last me forever. My playing career back when I was in high school will not. But for some of these kids who are maybe getting hurt on their last game of college and he's never yeah. play NFL football, they I'm don't not have saying, a, they I'm don't not have saying a compensation they shouldn't package. have done it. I'm just saying, let's not act like the degree that they got from those universities are not minuscule. No. Like, there's people out there who don't have a degree. Or are drowning in debt because of a degree. But let's, yeah. be, let's be honest, too. A lot of these players aren't going there for a degree. They're going there to play professional sports and if that professional sport was not in their life well you say that but i was about to say there's a lot that are i'm not saying dobbs got a freaking neuroscience josh Dobbs is different from a lot of people i don't care if he's different but i mean yeah no but what the argument still stands but what uh what we're saying is is this is absolute chaos and uh it's like watching a burning house Burned down. I think I told Christian this. So I think the the big thing is is I think it's just gonna. I I truly do think college athletics football is gonna blow up. It's already blown up. I mean, like, and when I say what I think it's gonna be like ten times worse than what it is right now, I think that they're gonna have to go through a whole entire period of not even knowing what a season is gonna look like I, because there's too much restructuring that I think has to take place with how many teams college football has. There's so much damage done from the this past week. I don't know how you move forward with no band-aids, ratchet straps, anything else um, holding it together. Because, honestly, it just looks like everybody's done playing 
um, against teams that they feel like they're not competitive against. And on top of that, they're just wanting a lot more money, and they're wanting SEC money, but they're not SEC level, and somebody needs to tell them that. But uh, yeah, that's, I think, where we're going to wrap up. That's going to do it for this week. We'll maybe touch on this a little bit later when some things come to fruition, but uh, yeah, we are going to break down some more Austin P stuff next week. For John Glass, uh, for Christian Brown, and for Jeff Matthews, see y'all later. Peace.